Good night, everybody. Mighty night. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Especially your pee hole. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very true. I've, I've been. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Corey, like everything, steals the words right out of my fucking. <laughs> can I? Uh, can I stop recording now? Welcome to the Newgrounds Podcast. Today's episode hosted by Voices by Corey. What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Newgrounds Podcast. It's been a while. I am your host, Voices by Corey. Uh, took a weekend off simply because we had the Newgrounds Winterfest hosted by Stampy this previous weekend, which was really cool. Um, and we are very fortunate to have one of the panelists from this past weekend, and he goes by Levi Ramirez, a fellow Newgrounder who delves into the whole game development side of Newgrounds. So, Levi, what's up, my dude? How you doing, bud? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah. Uh, my name is Levi, and I'm a game developer <laughs> on Newgrounds. It's awesome. <laughs> Yay. I'm, I'm glad we have you on, my dude, because, uh, you know, you and I, we've been talking about this for a while, um, and we were actually supposed to do this episode this past Saturday, but like I said, we had the Newgrounds Winterfest, yeah. and it was just a, a jumble of things going on, so... Uh, you know, it, it made it hard. You know, we we both mm-hmm. had panels Friday night that like you did the panel with with Lewis, Josh, and um, oh, and who? Oh man, what's his name? I can't remember. Um, is it? Um, Erm, uh, I can't think of it either. Erm, uh, I feel so bad. Scratching, I'm scratching. Uh, I feel so. Oh bad. yeah, it, it was the uh, is the creator of Ruffle. I can't remember his name right now, and I feel really bad. But and there was that there was that other guy that. That other guy, you know, we don't really talk about him. That that white dog oh, character, Jack. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. We, it, yeah no, no. No. Yeah. We I, don't. We don't. I talk don't think about you should that. even bring his name. No. Up. No. Yeah. yeah. More like sack, because <laughs> he's like a ball sack. <laughs> but yeah, you, you guys had a really cool panel. You guys were talking about you know flash, uh, like flash jam, uh, flash jams, uh, flash games and animations from back in the day, and in, in comparison to you know games nowadays. Like I enjoyed listening in mm-hmm. and hearing what. You know, you and, you know, Butthole Jack had to say about, you know, the new <laughs> but, generation in, in comparison to the old generation. And then just hearing, you know, what what uh, Josh had to say, because, you know, he, he's been around for quite some time, yeah. you know, with the Flash scene. So it was it was cool hearing like each perspective of things. And then, you know, that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about tonight. Just talk about game development in general and talk about why you wanted to get into game development. We're going to talk about you know, previous games that you made and one current game that is featured on the front page of Newgrounds right now called Shoot, Trip, sure. Die, otherwise known as my, STD. My beloved. And it is... Yes, my beloved STD. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you, man, because this is a game you've been working on for quite some time. And you've been... And it's it's been in development for how many months now? Like, at least... Uh, we're, I think, I believe... It's the the early history of its development is kind of rocky on me, but I believe that this game is coming up on its first anniversary in March. I could be wrong though. But March, I think, is when I started like first started developing it. I remember because it was I I forget when you and I first met, but I remember it was like 
somewhere in the summer, you reached out to me about coming onto the team and helping out. And since then, mm-hmm. I haven't helped out whatsoever because <laughs> yeah, I haven't been <laughs> well, needed yet. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that, I feel really bad because I'm like, I need to get like people around. And I asked you to do voice acting because, yeah, we I think we met in the summertime and I was like, Corey would do a cool voice. And I had like so many different ideas for what I wanted you to do in mind. But like I, I actually like for a while, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to use Corey for, but I do actually have a role for you. But I. You just need to be more patient. I promise oh, no. your role is coming up. Yeah, don't worry. I, I've, I've been patient. I've just been watching all the, the whips. And, you know, we just had the demo release. Um, that's why mm-hmm. it's featured on the front page. Got daily first. Yes. It has been trending really well. And I'm so happy that it has because it is a, a really cool, basically kind of like 8-bit design, shoot 'em up game. And um, what's, uh, I keep forgetting the, the main character's name. What's his name again? Chester, Chester Bodine. Yeah, and and he basically runs around killing enemies with his fingers, little finger guns, and it's really yes. cool. He's finger blasting all his other. See what, what you guys don't realize is this game is just you know encapsulated with innuendos, and we're gonna we're definitely gonna yeah. talk more about it tonight. But one of the things that I want to get started off with in this discussion, Levi, is just about you in general, man. Like what made you want to come to Newgrounds? What got you interested into game development? Just find out more about the smelly person that you are. Find out why you do smell like cheese all the time because you know we we made yeah. an announcement today saying that you know or- I drink sour milk, I smell like cheese. <laughs> I smell like genuine dairy products all the time. No, but uh, uh it's 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 kind of a longish story. I don't want to, you know, get too much into details, but I think We got an hour, man. Go summarize ahead. Summarize it. <laughs> <laughs> to summarize it, uh, I started game development back in middle school. Uh, I was always a really creative kid. I loved drawing. And I, for a long time, I wanted to be a comic uh, artist. And I just wanted to be an artist in general. Um, and video games are obviously huge, a huge part of my childhood. Uh, I used them a lot for escapism. And, you know, getting getting away from, like, the harshness of, my, of like, early childhood, I guess. Uh, but... I, I started getting into game development in around middle school and I kind of just got on it like randomly because uh, I got my first laptop for like my, I don't know, 13th, 14th birthday maybe. And I, I, I didn't feel like I was smart enough to make games, but then I found like a RPG maker and then I found some other game engines and I just started making games. I, uh, I was, I was a real shithead in middle school. I would, uh, I wouldn't do my homework. <laughs> I wouldn't do my, I would literally like avoid class. I would like, I would like not do my homework. I just sit in study hall all day and like draw game ideas. And then I'd come home and spend all day making them. And, you know, that's just what I did. And it was a blast. And I joined Newgrounds actually in high school, like my freshman year of high school. And uh, I've just been making games ever since. Really. That's the gist of it. That's cool, man. Like what, what would you say is that the one game maker that you like, that you like to use when you were first getting started was like there one in particular that you like, you love to fiddle around in and basically get the, you know, the, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like the feel, the feel. Yeah. Like the feel for making games and, and knowing how to yeah, put them together. Yeah. Um, so actually I, I, I actually, so I said that I started with RPG maker, just making like shitty, like just RPGs. I would take assets from games and I'd throw them in RPG maker and have these characters run around. And then I found Construct 2, uh, and I've been using that ever since. Uh, I have not grown out of that. I've tried to move on to different uh, game engines, but I- I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the, 
<laughs> Sharp is tool in the shed, and like Construct Two is just really accessible for me. I see myself more as an artist than a game developer. So Construct Two is kind of set up more of like a kind of like a Photoshop. So gotcha. it makes more sense to me. So it's more of like it's more like drag and drop. Things are more visual. It's it's real. It's Baby's first game engine, but I mean it's powerful enough to like withstand the might of STD. Um, so I've I've never I've tried to move on. I've tried to use Unity. I've tried to use Game Maker. Game Maker's not bad. Godot's not bad. Unity's a bit too much for me. Um, but I still have. I mean, Construct Two is just where I feel comfortable at, and where I can also push myself at the same time. So it's a really cool little engine that I you know I I like using. So. Good deal, man. Yeah, and and just so you know, as we go through this interview, just just know you're not talking to Psycho Goldfish, who's you know the game dev <laughs> expert, you know in in our group. Uh, so yeah, if when you do talk about all the different engines and all the you know the coding and and just techniques that go into making a game, by all means, go into depth about them because I I personally think it's really cool, you know, making a game. I, and I have mm-hmm. no idea how to do it, but I would love to know the ins and outs of doing it because, you know. Oh, oh I don't, I don't either. I don't <laughs> hey, at least you're being honest about it. <laughs> but but the, the cool thing is, is like I, that's one of the reasons why I love talking to different artists um, on, on the show is because not only do I get to pick the brain of the person and just know more about them, I get to know more about the craft that they specialize in. So like you know, Construct Two is is the main engine that you like to use have you basically you have basically used that for every single game that you've created yes it's it's where i've been i've made up to uh gappy all the way up to or i started my first game i made gappy in like a freshman year which probably like maybe three people in the audience know what that is um but gappy was the first game i made and i i so i need to back up i need to gain my thoughts again I started doing games for Newgrounds in 2016, uh, and then I hated them all, so I deleted them all <laughs> off of Newgrounds because they were so bad. Um, but the only game that I like genuinely liked out of that list of games was a game I made called Gappy, and so I remade it, and then that's what I published uh, later on a little bit. I made another smaller game in 2018, I believe, called Witch Trials, which was like my first. Like, this is going to be a game that I actually take seriously, and it's going to be good. Like, I'm going to actually try. Like, I'm not just going to like just make a game to make a game. I'm going to like actually sit down, polish this and make a good game. And that was like the stepping stone. And then after that, I, I remade Gap because I really liked that character and I wanted to just keep rolling from there. So um, I don't even remember what question you asked me, but <laughs> oh, it's that just, was... Yeah, it was basically just, um, you know, if Construct 2 was is the primary engine that you just continually use. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is, yeah. That it is. It is. Because it's just so comfortable to me. Like, it's just so, like, second nature now, now that I've been using it for so long. I like that, though, man. It, like, finding, you know, finding an engine that works, or just finding a program that allows you to succeed and, you know, you know, put out your best stuff at all times. I mean, that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, I know that there's different programs out there. Um, like hacks pick, uh, is it hacks pixel? Is that what it is? Like for, uh, uh hacks, fixel, hacks, fixel. Yeah. Called? And then, and then of know. course, um, wow. Y- you just said it too. So I'm sorry. I, like I said, I'm no fucking game. <laughs> I'm, I'm no game develop, um, master. Oh, unity. There you go. Unity. But, uh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like there's all these different engines out there and, you know, everyone's trying their hand and, and I've seen all these different games in these different platforms and they're all freaking cool. But at the same time, the games that you're putting out, 
and contract like just through contract two, they're they're really fun also. And and you've built up quite you know a resume for yourself. Uh, like you said, your first one was in 2018 with witch trials, and I love the caption for it is a witch needs to save his lover. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, um, and then you've you've gotten pretty busy like over the last couple of years especially last year you had what at least 11 oh, games well most of those games i just helped on i, I oh okay like i think uh seven uh seven and rat game and gabby two were like the main events of that year um and those are what i spent a lot of time into and we'll probably talk a little bit about those later uh seven and rat game are probably the two most notable probably what most people know me for minus std um but yeah no i've just been i've just been making games for a long time and you know just getting better at it and i've been i don't know it's something that i started off as like a little pat like so i started off as like wanting to do this professionally kind of I, I thought i wouldn't take myself really seriously and then as i went into my freshman year of college and i came to college to do game development i kind of fell out of it like out of love for it for a while i was like man I'm gonna have to do this as like my job and this isn't fun. So I started just making games for fun again. And I like didn't take them seriously. I was like, I just want to make games that are enjoyable. Because if I'm gonna do classwork that like involves making games professionally, quote unquote, um, I wanna make games that are just fun and I just wanna like not focus on making anything professional, quote unquote. Eventually I dropped my uh, game development major and I, I I'm a psychology major now, and who knows how long I'm gonna be in college for. <laughs> um but you know that I think I think that's just like how my life's revolved resolved is that I just like making games as like a hobbyist and I don't take myself too seriously. Even with STD, like my a main project of mine, even though I'm selling it, it's like, I don't really take it that seriously, you know? So, yeah. Well then here, here's a more personal question then. Cause you know, listening into the, the panel this, you know, this past weekend, um, you even mentioned that once STD is officially done and released on Steam and everyone can play the full version of it, you're thinking about taking a mm -hmm. step back for about a year or so and just yeah. doing, doing mm -hmm. things on your own. Like what's, uh, like, are you, like, do you feel like you're going to officially give up, you know, game development altogether and just focus on other aspects of your life? Or is it just like a little period where you, you know, say, Hey, you know what? I busted my ass making this game. I'm just going to take a step back, relax and enjoy this time off. And then I'll come back. Yeah, no, that you got it right on the head. Um, so for, for, per, so STD is very, a very personal game of mine. I know it's, it kind of, the demo definitely helps it be kind of more lighthearted and stuff, but with the full game, I do expect to do a lot more like personal story stuff with it. And it means a lot to me. And, but STD and as its essence is kind of like a, is like a retirement note. It's like, I've been doing this for so long and I just want to take a break. Uh, so when I said that I started making games in high school, uh, I didn't, I felt like I wasted a lot of my high school youth. I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, at least ones that kind of like did stuff with me. They didn't really take interest in what I did. So I isolated myself. I made a shit ton of games because I had nothing else to do. Um, all I did was schoolwork because I was like, I need to get into a good college. And then I would spend most of my days just making games. Like most of my days consisted of going to school, doing schoolwork, writing ideas for games and like marking them all out, going home, working on them all day and then falling asleep and just repeating that day in, day out. And for a while it was fun for like a good long time. I had a lot of fun during it. But as I went to college and as I kind of got towards the tail end of my high school career getting into the COVID, I, I kind of realized that like I feel like I wasted like my early, like I didn't make a lot of memories and stuff. And 
luckily college has picked up on that. And I, even though I made a lot of games my freshman year of college, um, I kind of focused more on my social life. It was definitely after seven that I wanted to focus on my social life. And I'll tell that story in a second. But um, with STD, I wanted to tell a story about this guy who's addicted, who's an addict. He's just an addict in, in period. And I felt like I was an addict to making art. And that kind of seems like counterintuitive. Like, what does that even mean? Like, how can you be addicted to something that's productive? Um, and, you know, that was what I struggled with to like, how do I make that into a story for a game? Like, how do I make someone who's addicted to like a quote unquote productive thing? And I felt like using addiction through like drugs would be easier to like represent. So I feel like in a more, in a really dramatic way, the way I like I d treated people when I was, making games and the way I treated myself when I was making these games, I felt like an addict. Like I felt like this is all I was alive for was to just make this stuff. And it's kind of sad because, you know, I love Newgrounds. Newgrounds is awesome, but I'm just making it for internet points. Basically. <laughs> um, I'm not making it for any money, but you know, I, I, but this is what STD means to me is that I don't want to be that guy anymore. I want to grow up. I want to move on. I want to enjoy my twenties because I'm just turned 20 though this last November. And I want to enjoy that. I want to be, I want to feel alive and not like I'm some internet person who has to make content, you know, to feel like I'm worth a damn. You know, that's, that's very mature of you though, Levi, because, you know, even when I was in my early twenties, you know, I, I went to college too and I was playing baseball and I was so wrapped up in playing baseball and wanting to go and play professionally that, you know, I kind of missed out on a lot of the things that my 20s had to offer. You know, by the time I was done with my career, I was, I think, 23, 24. And then I went back to school and, you know, got another degree. So by the time I'm done with school, I'm 26 years old. And I've literally missed out on all, like, all the fun stuff I could have done. <laughs> so it's like, mm -hmm, yeah. you know, it's it's very admirable of you. You know, you've put in all this time and all this work into something that you truly love and you're passionate about. And even having the the maturity and that prowess to just say, you know what, I've done this, I'm going to step back, and I'm just going to enjoy my time. You know, that that's awesome, man. Like, that's, that's more power to you. And that just shows how, you know, mature of a person you are, even though a lot of the conversations we have are very immature. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's very yeah. refreshing to see someone with that, like that mindset at such a young age. That's really cool, man. And, you know, I really hope during that time, that you spend away from this, like you, you truly, you know, build on your social life, especially in college. Cause you know, there's a lot of fun things that you can do. You can meet a lot of fun people. And I'm sure all the people you've met through new grounds will easily allow you to branch out and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, yeah. deal or just interact or, um, you know, have a more sociable interactive life in college. And, it's a, it's a very enjoyable time. Like, don't get me wrong. I had fun. I definitely had fun when I was in college, but there, <laughs> there's so much that you can miss out on if you're, you know, diverting all your time to other stuff. So yeah, man, that, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, I, that's how I feel too, is that, um, I also just feel like it as, so going back to what I was talking about with STD being like this metaphor for how I felt like an addict. Um, I also lived in a really small town. Um, and these kind of stories of like addicts, like, you know, I, I kind of based Chester Bodine off of myself, you know, I, anyone who's like seen me, like visually Chester Bodine's based off of me, but I wanted to base him off of like a kid you went to high school with and you forgot about. And you're like, I wonder what that, like, he was a piece of shit in high school. Like no one really liked him. And like, he was a loser. I wonder how he's doing now. And you look him up and like the dude's like strung out on drugs or like kind of like fell into that self, fell, 
ugh, self-fulfilling prophecy of being a loser. And that's what I based him off as like a kid you don't remember and you look him up and like he's this piece of shit like he was in high school. Mm. But even though you see him as this piece of shit, he has his own struggles and stuff and like he has his own life story. Uh, when I was growing up, I lived a very privileged life as a kid. Um, I never struggled with money. Uh, I had a very happy childhood, but I had, I lived in a very, I lived in an area where there was a lot of poverty around me and my parents were both and very impoverished as children. Uh, and they raised me kind of like to be like, we know that we have a lot of money, but we're not going to raise you rich. Like we, I lived very like middle, lower class when I was growing up, but you know, I never went without, I never felt like I was underprivileged, uh, but I had a lot of friends who were. And so that kind of like this kind of like poverty and like this, like that kind of like visual of that is very prominent in my head because I know kids that I was friends with who were being bullied and like were treated like trash because people who were better than them or thought they were better than them, you know, treated them like dirt because, yeah. you know, they just thought, oh, he's poor. He's going to be a loser when he grows up. And, you know, sadly, you know, some of those people came out to be true. I had a good friend in high school and I won't share his name, but I remember very fondly that I went to a sleepover at his house. And his house was like dilapidated. It was a whole, like it, it, it was barely livable. Like it had a, like there was like holes in like the wall and like there was a huge like break in the ceiling, but I was still his friend. And I stayed the night. I went over there all the time. I never treated him any differently. And I like, whenever he came over, like he went to this immaculate house and I, and I never wanted to make him feel like, you know, he wasn't welcome there. But I remember one time I went to his house and I was like, Levi, he, he told me, he was like, Levi, I see you like a brother. Like you've been the nicest person who's ever treated me like this. Like, I want to know that I, I want you to know that I appreciate you for like all you've done. And like, cause no one else treats me like this. Like everyone treats me like I'm some poor kid who's going to come out to be a loser. And that, that, that's kind of, that, that kind of came, I wanted to kind of express that through this game. And I've had, I have other stories like that too. You know, that's, I've come across those dime a dozen, but that one I remember definitely hit me hard and it made it even worse because I haven't talked to that kid in years. And I don't know. I think, I think he's a drug dealer now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Last I heard from him from high school is he's a drug dealer now. So those, but those are the kind of stories that I wanted to kind of express through STD. And what I would really like to do, and I know I probably should announce this, is that after STD is done, most of the profits I would like to like give to like organizations to deal with people struggling with addiction. Uh, Cause I feel kind of bad that I, you know, I don't, I've never like had a family member or like someone really personally like be addicted to like a huge, like horrible drug in their life. But you know, I've used it in a game as first plot point, so I feel like I'm in debt to that kind of thing. Dude, like you're like touching my damn heart right now. You're you're making my <laughs> you, I feel like the Grinch in my heart is is growing three times its normal size. Like it's dude, that's you keep proving how admirable of a person you are. Like that's that's very touching. Like and, and like <laughs> you know, it I, I feel like I had a lot of that same background when, you know, I was in school. Like you know, I was always raised to respect others and respect others mm -hmm. until they give you a reason to not, you know, until someone stabs you yeah. in the back or they they show you that they want nothing to do with you. Then you know what? So be it. So the fact that, you know, you showed, you know, some decency and some just common human interaction with somebody mm -hmm. who, you know, everyone is able to or just easily willing to write off, you know, that's that's very touching, man. And you know, it's cool. It, it's cool in a way that you're able to use these experiences in your life and translate them into a game and kind of like oh, and, yeah. and vet these these certain 
memories and just interactions you've had in your life and putting them to a game that that speaks volumes, man. And and it just shows how how personal that these games can be to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, this game, like I've, I've already gone on quite a bit about how personal this game is, but I don't want to make myself out to be some sort of saint. Like Chester Bodine is a, like an asshole because he's based off of like <laughs> the fact that I am also an asshole. I've done very bad things and I've treated people very bad. In my that, life. That's why I'm shocked amazing. to hear all this shit because I, I, I <laughs> like I said, like uh, prior to all this episode of ngp our previous conversations have just been immature junk and it just makes me laugh so i'm hearing this yeah. i'm like oh wow levi's an awesome dude <laughs> he's not just some guy who smells like rotting cheese <laughs> <laughs> no i i do still i do still uh so on although chester bodine is based off of like these kids that i grew up with who like were poor and like those kind of stories i went through he's there he's also based off of like the negativity I felt at the time when I was first developing this, uh, I started developing. So I, like I said, I started developing this game in the summertime and I was home from college and I was thinking about dropping out. Cause I was like, I don't enjoy college. I was working at a pizza place, uh, ironically enough. And I just remember like working there all the time. Cause I worked myself like a dog. Like I went and I worked so many hours a week and I, I would come home exhausted and I would just work on games. And I felt like, you know, with that whole addiction thing, like I was saying earlier, like, I just felt so depressed and like angry and I was like, so it was a, like not a great time. It was not a great time in my life, truthfully. And I was kind of having problems with my parents at the time too, about like, I don't know how I wanted to go. I don't know how I wanted to go about telling them I wanted to drop out of college. And if I even wanted to drop out of college, they were kind of like dogging on me for like wanting to like make games still, even though I shifted, you know, uh, to a psychology degree, they thought that I was just distracting myself and I was still holding on to a dream that I already let go of in a sense, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, and it was it was a really hard time and I, I just felt like a shithead. Like I felt like the I felt like a loser. And I remember in high school too that everyone said I like I was a loser. I wasn't a smart kid in school. I did my best, uh, but when I was a kid, like, I had a lot of problems with teachers and stuff. They would tell me that I wasn't going to come out to anything. Uh, I struggled in school a lot when I was a little, when I was a young kid, uh, they had thought I might've had like ADHD, but I never got tested. I probably did. Um, <laughs> but I was, I really struggled in school for most of middle school and early elementary school. And I just remember all the talks to my teachers about saying like, yeah, like you're not going to do well. Like they put me in special, they always like, they always tried, treated me like I was an idiot. And like, you know, they, they may have not straight up called me an idiot, but you know, sometimes actions are stronger than words. Oh yeah. So. I wanted to kind of feel I wanted I wanted to get that across through Chester and the way the story works is that um this game is very inspired by the binding of Isaac. Edmund McMillan's work is a huge inspiration on me. Uh like being able to like tell story through games, I think Edmund McMillan does really fucking good. Oh, most and definitely. I wanted to kind of mimic I wanted to try and mimic that through my art. And I'm not very creative, so I kind of just <laughs> take his ideas and I, I'm like, what if I, I'm going to make that, but make it my own in a way. Um, but the way I kind of explain the story, basically, to people when they ask about STD is that the Binding of Isaac is like the perspective of a little kid who hates himself. A little kid, though. So he doesn't understand the world around yeah. him. STD is about a dude who's 20 years old. He understands the world around him, and he also hates himself. And like, they're, that's how they're different in the sense is that like, this is a perspective of a child. This is a perspective of someone who never, who's a grown up, but is still kind of this in this mindset of a child who's like still childish in nature, but he's, he has the responsibility of like grown ups and like still like the weight of society and pressure like that. So that's kind of how I go about t- 
telling the story, um, kind of branching off from that. So, yeah, I don't know. I got, I, I feel like I'm rambling a lot and I'm like completely derailing no, any question you ask. No, dude, like this, this is, this is why I like the one-on-ones because it's not like a lot of people talking simultaneously and cutting one another off. We're able to finish mm-hmm. off certain, uh, like mental thoughts that we have, or like, I want you to, that's one of the reasons why we brought you on tonight is so you can talk about STD and promote it and just let people know how awesome this game is. Like, yeah, we only have the demo on Newgrounds right now, but there is a full version of the game that's going to be coming out on Steam that's going to have a story. You're going to know more about Chester. There's going to be this, it's going to be this immaculate game. And the, the better chance that you have of sitting down and talking and just letting everybody in the audience know what this game is about, it's going to intrigue them even more. And, and I, see, like, even for me, like, I, I was brought on to do voice work for this game. And mm-hmm. and like we said earlier, I, I haven't done shit, <laughs> but I, I've seen I've seen, you know, whips of Chester. I've seen, you know, all the all the bosses and, and characters that you fight throughout this game. And I didn't know like all the lore and and just like connections to your personal life that you have for this game, and it's it's really cool, man. Like and just it, like your explanation of who Chester is and how there's a, a connection to the Binding of Isaac, and you and, you know Isaac is a kid, he's just a young kid who hates himself, but he has no idea of, like why, and he doesn't understand the world yet. And yet Chester is basically Isaac, except he's 20 years older and has an understanding of the world. Yeah. That's basically any fucking 20 year old or young adult <laughs> in the world today. So exactly. even though Chester is made to be this asshole, they can still connect with the character in some sort of way. And that's ultimately what you want to do. He can be what's uh, not basically not an anti-hero, basically like you. You're not supposed to root for him, but you root for him because you you're able to connect with him in sort of a way. You know, mm-hmm. he's going through yeah. all these turmoil of hating himself and dealing with the the realities of this god awful world. <laughs> and but at the same time, like I feel for him, but man, that guy fucking sucks. Like fuck him. So it's it's <laughs> yeah. cool. Like that's exactly yeah, exactly. It's it's also funny because uh, during like the early development of STD. Uh, Chester was more punk like and I liked seeing like the how people reacted like him being more like he's always flipping the bird and like there's a lot of the earlier shots there was a lot more cop enemies and I liked uh, how people reacted to like cops being like an enemy in the game and so people would be like oh that's kind of cool that Chester like killed a cop and there'd be other people who were like oh like what's what's his problem against cops and like how that was always a cool dynamic like people are gonna perceive Chester in like two totally different ways uh, which is you know that's what I'm still going for with the full release. And it's going to be a lot of fun seeing how people like, like how you said, like people are going to be like, you root for him because he's relatable. Also, he's a fucking dickhead. Like, he's, <laughs> he's a piece of shit. You know? and, and that's another cool thing. It just adds more volume and gravitas to the story that's going to be surrounding this game. So like the further you dive mm-hmm. into it, you know, you might just start off as an asshole. And the further you dive into the game, you reveal more of the story, his background, yeah, exactly. the dynamic. And then you see, it's like, Oh shit! There's more to this guy. Maybe that's why he's an yeah, asshole. Yeah, like he's exactly yeah, one hundred percent. Um, yeah, no, you you basically got it right on the head. That's cool. Good job. So I I know we we've <laughs> talked a, a bunch about you know the lore and the story behind it, and and mm-hmm. I know that Chester is basically he was created to encapsulate the the other you know 
people that you've dealt with coming up through high school, you know, was there any other determining factors of, you know, like, is there any symbolism for the, the characters that, you know, or the bosses and, and characters, or, or, or I should say enemies, the enemies and bosses that Chester fights throughout the game? Like, I know you said that there was the cop element, but that's, you know, that was taken away. But is there any, like, symbolism for the for the enemies and bosses that Chester fights throughout the game? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so during when this was first starting out, this was just going to be, like, basically what the demo is was what the full game was going to be when I first started making this game. And at the time, I was just kind of, like, making a silly game. But as, like, the summer went on that I was working on it, and the more, like, the more I thought about it and the more I wanted to expand it, the more, like, the story elements just kind of fit into place. Um, there isn't, I don't want to spoil too much, but the first three areas and the first, the, what the demo upholds is basically rep- representative of, like, the three things that inspire me the most. The uh, the first world is kind of inspired by, like, basic arcade stuff and, like, fun, chip toony like, bright colored arcade games the second area based off of like gross gross out stuff like bodily fluids and the third area has like this like ghostly like spiritual place and those three aspects are kind of what inspire all of my art uh there's more in the in the next two worlds that are going to be in the full release they have more actual symbolism in terms of like like world building and stuff but i I, that's like been something that's been in the beginning was the first three areas being representative of like what inspires me creatively and the enemies reflect that too that's really cool, man. I, I, and that's, see, this is why I like talking to, you know, creators like this. Like, like I said, I just thought it was a game that you were creating and finding out that there's all these connections and everything intertwines. That's what I love, man. That That's really cool. Well, I will say that it's cool. I think it's cool that pe- when people talk about this kind of stuff, and like you just said it, but like, I don't want it to be that this game is like, oh, when you play this game, there's such a deep lore to it. Like, like the people that are listening right now and the people who are going to listen to this and the people who are like going out of their way to listen to like what I have to say about my own game, they're interested in the lore. They want to know what's going on. Or maybe they're not. Maybe they're just here because, you know, funny game developer, man. But I don't want the game to be like this like lore thing. That's like, oh, this game has deep lore because it's a fucking yellow little character <laughs> shooting finger guns. Like I want this game to be fun and I want it to be lighthearted with a little like just a little like hook to be like, there's something more to this. And like no one has, they don't have to go out of your way to do it. Like there's, it's not going to be shoved in your face, but there's just that hook that people will go and like travel and like find stuff. And through that, you know, they're going to find friends and stuff and they're going to find like a little community of people to talk to. Like, that's what I want to make at, at the core, at the very center of this. I just want to make a fun, simple roguelike, but from the out, like from the outer layers of it, as it goes outward, I want people to like make friends through discussing lore and like making tier list of like how like what they rank their items and like like making like dumb like even if it's cringe i want people to like write like fan fictions about chester or something <laughs> because you know i even though like everyone likes to dog on those communities on the internet and like i did too we all had our fun we were like in like in like middle school we're like oh furries are weird all oh, these people are <laughs> those people are the most happy motherfuckers oh hell yeah fucking and like those people are like those are tight-knit people and like i want if there's a way in my life that I can impact people that much, it, this is how I want to do it. And even if it's weird, if people always make fun of them, I will always, I mean, quote unquote, I will always stand behind them, you know, because I, you know, that's the cool stuff to me. Guaranteed, though, I no doubt if one day on YouTube 
there's a video from fucking MatPat saying, Hello, Internet! <laughs> Welcome to Game Theory. That's... Today we're talking about Shoot, Trip, Die. STD, I'm not talking about those. Yo, I guarantee you, like, okay, that's pretty I cool. <laughs> I don't think the advertisers would like that. I don't think the advertisers would like that. Uh, but no, yeah, like... It, Chester Bodine. Like, you know people... Yeah, Chester Bodine is... <laughs> is Chester Bodine really a good guy, or is he an asshole? Find He's out. He's purple guy. He's purple He's guy. He's purple guy. Lo and behold, <laughs> it's been connected to FNAF all these oh. years. <laughs> no, Man, it, you should be a voice actor or something. That was good. Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah, you know, people have told me I should go into voice acting, but I don't know. I, I, I may dabble in it one day. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. I love that, though, man. So, like, kind of like stepping away from STD a little bit. I hope you guys uh, are who are tuned in right now and, and listening to this. I hope you guys have at least played the demo on Newgrounds. If you haven't, um, I hope by the time this episode comes up, uh, up on Newgrounds, it's still on the banner, so you guys can just click the banner, go play it, and test it out yourselves. But when the official game releases, uh, we hope that you take the time to purchase it, support Levi and his game. And like he said, he's he's planning on donating the proceeds to an organization that helps with addiction. So that's that's mighty generous of him. So not only are you supporting Levi, but you're also supporting a good cause. So when the game comes out, make sure you purchase it. So transitioning away from STD a little bit, and we can come back to it later if you want to, because uh, you can never get away from STDs. Um, <laughs> um, ultimately, yeah, you can never. <laughs> what would you say is the best way to come up with a an idea for a game and to get the ball rolling? Because you know there there's all these different ideas out there for games. There's all these different genres, but how? Can you ultimately come up with your own original game and idea and get the the ball rolling for that? Okay. Uh, so I talked about this a little bit on the panel, um, and I'll kind of repeat. I'll kind of repeat what I said there, but I'll put a little twist on it. Uh, you said to make a game that's creative and original. You're not going to do that. <laughs> I, I hate to break your achy little hearts right now, game, <laughs> aspiring game developers, but you're not going to make an original game, and that is literally okay. That is fine. You don't have to make. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to make something crazy. What you need to do is you need to put your heart and soul into making a fun game. Focus on making a fun game. Even if you're just making a basic-ass platformer, make that platformer as fun as you possibly can. Even, like, you don't even have to make it, like, amazing. Just make it fun. Like, if you... we kind of, Me and Jack kind of talked back and forth about this on the panel, but when you make a game, you need to make a toy that's fun just in, in an isolated area. Um, so usually what, you know, when you're a game developer, you kind of, like sit an, uh, a little object or a little player thing in a room and you just make it work in a room. And if it's not fun to like interact with in a blank room, then nine times out of 10, it's not going to be fun to interact with a hundred different things. It's just not, it sounds weird, but if you can't have fun with just the thing in an isolated area, the rest of the game is going to fall flat. Um, and yeah, usually is best shown through platformer games because, you know, Take I think some I think uh someone uses this as an example on the panel, but take Meat Boy, you know, you put Meat Boy in a box in a box room, and you can still have fun like jumping off the walls and running around because his blood trails and shit are leaving blood everywhere. <laughs> and he's fun to like control and climb up the walls. That's fun. If you're if you put a character that you make in a box and it's like super floaty and isn't fun and it's slow, then you need to improve that. You need to improve that. But from there, you'll improve the game from there. You're what the player has main control over needs to be fun everything else is like a 
cool little like extra little like gizmo that the player can interact with. Um, and with you know to jump back onto STD, the first like week a week or two of development, even though like it's such a simple basic of just like shooting left and right, I wanted Chester to feel good to like move around in like a horizontal area, and like I wanted like the bullets to look cool when they flew across the screen. Like the first two weeks of development, I had two rooms. I had just two rooms for Chester to go back, go go into the next room. Basically, I wanted I wanted the um, the aspect of moving Chester around to feel good. I wanted Chester to be able to shoot his finger bullets and it feel good. I wanted the fact that when you hit an enemy, it feels kind of like meaty and good. Yeah. And I want to do it when you jump into a portal. It's like you jump in, you have like a cool like visual, and then the screen like does a cool fade and it like pans back into a normal. Like, that was what I focused the first two weeks on. No items, only one enemy, that was it. And I think I built a good foundation from there. Absolutely, man. Like, I, I played, I, I mean, <laughs> when I played, I got through, I think I, I think I got through World 1, and then I got to the next area where you can get an item, or I think, I don't know if it was Replenish Your Hearts, but I kept uh, hitting that, and I accidentally killed myself. I'm like, okay, well, fuck, I feel like a stupid idiot. <laughs> But no, the foundation is is really cool and it's really fun. Like you said, it's just one of those components of the game like where it does feel satisfying when the bullets come out of Chester's fingers and they're flying at enemies and when it hits them, you see them react to it. And the the movement is fluid. I, I didn't feel like it was choppy at all. It wasn't just blocky or anything like that. It was very it was very fluid. It was a nice start to what's already been put together. And that that's one of the things that I truly love about gameplay is making sure that everything runs smoothly and it's actually enjoyable. Like uh, in one of the uh, the show live chat comments uh, from uh, Mina Sagas, it says, "If the game isn't fun, like why bother playing it?" Like, and that's very true. If you're not going to put yeah, time and effort exactly. into your game and to make it fun, then why even bother making the game? Or why should you know the audience play the game? So no, yeah, like there there's a lot of good components into that have been put into the game also and i and i love that you said you know you're not going to create an original game but as long as you're putting your heart and soul into it you're going to create something that's enjoyable for you as the creator but it's also going to yeah. be something enjoyable for the fan base like i mean it's it's an easy topic to talk about because it's you know one of the biggest games on Newgrounds now but friday night funkin Everyone has seen every iteration of a rhythm game. You've seen you've seen DDR, you've seen Parappa, then you've seen Guitar Hero, and now you see it go right back to the typical DDR with arrow tapping on your keyboard. But you know, Cam, Dave, Isaac, and uh, Evil Skater they they've done something to transform your know, rhythm game in general. It's incredibly fun. Like the very first time I played it, I'm like, oh man, it's another rhythm game. But I'm like. Dude, this music is awesome. The characters and designs yeah. are awesome. Like you can tell each week that they've come out with, the game is it it's branched out further than it has on the previous week. Isaac goes harder on each track. The the um the charting by Cam is just top notch. He makes it tougher and tougher with each level in each week. And and the animations that Dave is putting together, it's like Fuck, man, this is this is really cool. And you can tell they're putting a lot of love into the game and wanting it yeah. to be fun for those who play it. So as long as you're doing that, you're doing everything that you need to as a game dev. Yeah, exact 100%. Exactly. Um, another thing I'll add is that when you start game development 
And this is kind of the more like afterthought of game development that, you know, outside of getting a fun game out there, I think a lot of people are concerned about when they make a game, they want to make money off of it. Um, don't, don't do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> don't, don't absolutely do that. I know that I'm selling my game on Steam, but I literally don't expect my game to sell over like a hundred copies. Like I'm dead serious. Um, I don't think the game will perform very well financially, but I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> I care about getting a fun game out there that people will enjoy. Uh, the only reason I'm paying for, like, I'm making, you know, releasing it on Steam is because I want to take a chance. I've been making free games for a long time, and but that has been fun. I think this game can sell okay. I think my time that I put into it is worth some cash, but I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it to make a cool fucking game, and I want people to be able to buy it on Steam and be able to play it. I want to be able to. I want to be able to sit at my laptop with my thumb on my ass and see in the little like in the top uh, in the bottom uh, right corner that says blah 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 is playing shoot trip die. Like I want to see that. Yeah. But when you're making games, don't ever go into making games expecting money. If you want to make money, become a fucking doctor. You're not going to make money in this. If you're going to be an artist, don't expect money because if you wanted money, you should have been should have became a doctor. Go work at a gas station or something. If you're going to make art. Put as much fucking fun and love into it. That is what people want to see. Even if like your stuff doesn't get seen that much, especially with Newgrounds, if you put your fucking heart and soul into that, and if you put love into that, people will notice. I promise you. It happened with me. If I can get somewhat popular with my skill level and my artistic level, like my artistic skill level, literally anybody can. I promise you. You just gotta put. You just gotta bite tooth and nail to like want to like make something. That is what you should want to do. When you make games, when you make art, when you make animations, make something cool. That is all that matters. You know, that is well-said advice. And that's typically something I like to ask at the end of an episode that I host. I usually ask our guests, like, what's a piece of advice that you would give to any creator that's looking to get into their certain uh, field or if they're looking to make a career out of it? Or just give some solid advice that can benefit them in the long run. That is some solid advice that I think no one's really ever brought up is don't do this expecting that you're going to make money. If you want to be an animator, don't expect to make money right away. If you want to be a game developer, don't expect to make money anyway or right away. When I got into voice acting, I didn't get into voice acting because I wanted to make a lot of money. I wanted to do it because I have fun making fucking voices and being a silly little idiot. <laughs> and exactly. Like, and 100%. Yeah. And, and and I know that, you know, that's, yeah, that's the goal one day to potentially land a role in an animation or a video game or some, or some animated movie. And you get to hear my voice there and make some money off of that. But at the end of the day, what I care about is, giving a, my best performance at all times and making sure that what I'm doing is satisfactory to me and enjoyable for those who listen to what I'm doing as a voice actor. If I'm not doing that, I know for a fact I would not be in, I, I would not enjoy my career as a voice actor. And that goes without yeah. saying, like if, if, if you're grinding out animation after animation after animation, you're posting it on YouTube and it's not getting views and you're doing that simply because you, you want to make some money you got to realize there's been a lot of animators who have done exactly what you have done yeah. and they don't make the big bucks. Uh, unless this is not, this is not a, like a, it's not a newfound path. Like, yeah. This is a beaten down muddy path and you're going to have to trek through it. If you want to see Emily's semblance of money. Yeah. Cause there have been a million people in your exact same spot. Yep. Like that, that was one of the benefits of 
playing baseball throughout my youth is even though it's a sport, it teaches you so many life lessons. Baseball is a game of failure. You can say you can have 100 at-bats. If you fail to get a hit 70 out of 100 times, you're considered a Hall of Famer. (laughs) So if you succeed 30 out of 100 times, you're hitting 300. You're considered an all-star, a Hall of Famer, one of the better players in baseball. And that is just like life or any career field that you want to get get into. You know, you can create a game, you can create an animation, you can apply for a job. You may not get the job, but that doesn't mean you suck at what you do. It's just an opportunity to grow and figure out how you can improve as an individual. So say you make a game, you put it out on Newgrounds or you put it on Itch or, or anywhere that people will play your game. I don't know about Itch. Okay, maybe not Itch, but... <laughs> maybe not Itch, maybe not Itch. Definitely not game zone, but continue, continue. Put put your work out there somewhere. If you see it's not succeeding, you know, don't take it as a failure. Take it as a win because, one, you completed what you wanted to do, and then build off of it. Like, I I know, like, (laughs) I still have all my original audio on my page from Newgrounds. You go all the way down to my, my, the very, very bottom of my audio submissions, you'll hear my original works from 2014 and I sound god awful because I don't know anything <laughs> about you know the acting component of, of voice acting. I, I I'm speaking through a USB microphone from Guitar Hero World Tour. It sounds like absolute <laughs> shit, but I awesome. I keep it on there. So if I ever feel like I haven't like if I, I'm ever experiencing imposter syndrome, I will mm-hmm. take a listen to that, and then I take a listen to some of my recent work. I'm like. I've fucking grown a lot. And that's the same thing yeah. that we can do with any of our work. Like, I don't know if, if you're, imba- I mean, like you said, you were embarrassed about some of your earlier games and you took them off. Yeah, but, I was. But in comparison to those old games and to where you're, where you are now, like what you've done with seven and rat game and now STD, I'm pretty sure you're like, yeah, I, I know that I've improved a lot. Yeah, I, I definitely can tell that I've improved in my games from 2016, but even from like 2018, or even from 2019, there's been such a huge improvement. Like that, you said it perfectly. Like life is just about failing. Like you're going to fail. That's just what's going to happen. But like you just got to pull yourself back up. And that's been said 500 million gajillion <laughs> times. But I feel like people still. But what what makes it so? What what people keep saying is because I feel like people still don't believe it yeah i feel that people still don't understand that like you can say it through every fucking kids movie you can say it in any interview with any artist and they'll say oh you just got to try and keep giving up or not give up keep failing and um but people still won't try and that's what's really sad is um and to kind of get uh kind of get a little bit personal for a second um when i was in high school i was really this was like at the peak of my passion for game development and nobody in my like friend group cared like no one that gave me any support and this was before i was big on new ground so it was just me like i just had me to talk to i couldn't talk to my parents about it because they didn't understand it i didn't have any friends to talk about it because they could give two fucks less uh they would always just like say that my games were shit and i was like yeah they are and like at the time i was just like man like they are shit like why do i even keep trying but i'm glad i didn't give up because that that was what made me stand out from other people is that I was I, I may not be making the best games ever. I may not be anybody special really, but I'm beating I'm doing better than someone who isn't doing anything at all. Like I was in cross country for a while when I was in high school and I wasn't a good runner either. And there was a lot of people who were worse and better than me on my team. 
But everybody on that team was better than the person standing on the sideline saying, look at that idiot in last. <laughs> you're beating the last, you're beating the person who's on the couch. And that's all that matters. Absolutely. You know, that's a good analogy right there. You're beating the person who's sitting on their, on their butt, sitting on the couch, doing absolutely nothing. That that's a good analogy right there. Like, and, and I, I do want to build on that a little bit more. It's like, you know, like we could easily take our L's and step away from it. And, and, and I've been on that side of, of the track before, you know, when I first started, mm-hmm. you know, I started in 2013 and I voice acted all the way to 2016. I had a lot of personal stuff that came up like with school and, you know, mm-hmm. a bigger job that took up all my time and started dating who's now my wife. And, but I, I had all this time taken away from me, but on that, on the, on the other side of those reasons, it was just like you, Levi. I had nobody supporting me. People who were telling me, you should try voice acting, get into it. I'm like, all right, cool. I get into it. I'm like, hey, check it out. What the fuck are you doing that for? That's stupid, dude. You're not going to make it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm not. So I had a combination of, of like my responsibilities, but no supporting cast around me to lift me up and push me to be the best voice actor. So I've been on that side and I gave up and I walked away. Then I came back in 2019 when I had more time allocated to it. I'm like, I'm going to try this again. But this time I surrounded myself with fellow people who I trust, like who I truly trust are going to try to make me the best voice actor I can possibly be. And yeah. this time around, I probably have a full group of voice acting friends that are probably nearing around 100 people who support me, believe in what I can do and push me to be the best. So it, it's just one of those things, yeah. you know. You can either let those people tell you you're not going to succeed or you can tell them, hey, go suck a fat one and I'm going to do my <laughs> thing and I'm going to be I, I, I'm going to be the very best one day. And, and, best. and you know what? Yeah. And then it's either you can one day say, ha ha, or you can say, hey, look, remember when you said I didn't look, I did. I proved it to myself yeah. and now I'm proving it to you. So that's really cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, to even build even further off of that, it's it's bizarre to me. It's crazy to me as a game developer, that people like Stepford and Jack, these really talented programmers, even give me the time of day to like talk to them. But I think having people who are like similar to you and like people who are quote unquote better than you and people who are quote unquote worse than you, it's always good to have people, those kind of people around you because you're always uplifting them and people are always uplifting you. You should never be, no one should ever be on top of each other, pushing each other down. Like if Jack and Stepford were like being like, oh, Levi, your games are fucking garbage. And they, I mean, compared to Jack and Stepford's game, they are. They are. I'll be the first to admit it. But they would never, like, most of the time they would, unless they were joking, they would never say that because they're always helping me out. And from that, from their help, I've been like, man, I maybe I shouldn't dog on like old, like developers who are just starting out. And I never really did. I would give people criticism. Maybe a little bit in my early days, I kind of gave some people some harsh criticism. But as of late, I want to uplift people who I feel need my uplifting because I've been given that opportunity too. because I've been through the ringer of being, you know, shit on like, and it sucks, uh, especially in my real life. Um, uh, talking about even being able to talk on this show, on this little, like little room of people being able to talk about my games in a positive light is kind of difficult for me because I grew, I, when I was in high school at the peak of it, I wasn't allowed to talk about my games in any positive light. Everyone said all my games were shit. Like, no one gave a fuck. Like I would try and get my friends to play them and they'd be like, Oh, this is terrible. Like we don't care. And I don't talk to those people anymore. They're not involved in my life anymore. Good. My, my real life college friends, they're super supportive of what I do. They're amazed by it. It's so it's like jarring to see like people who 
care about what I do. Cause like my whole life almost minus, I had, like I said, in the beginning of this, I was never underprivileged. I had a very good life and I had a normal childhood, but I also had a lot of trauma in childhood about like self-worth. Like this has been something I've struggled with for a long time is that I felt like for a long time, I wasn't worth anything because I was, I didn't feel smart. All I did was art and my art wasn't even good compared to most people. And most people shat on like what I did, even when I was a little kid. Um, but it's weird being 20 now and being out of that, like self, like being out of that harassed stage in my life. Like it, it feels uh, good. Like it feels really good <laughs> to finally have people who like love me. Like this is the first time in my life where I feel like I genuinely have been loved. Even if it's by random people on the internet, I feel like people genuinely like care for me and like look out for me. And it feels really nice. Cause I've never had this. I agree with you, man. Like, this time around, it it, I love the fact that there's people out there who genuinely love what I'm doing as a voice actor, and they support me. And I feel it's like the same component when you try something new in your career, and people still show you that same love and support. Like, you know, one of the main things that you create as a game developer is you know shoot 'em up type games, but even with um, uh, with rag game. You know, Rad Game was more so um, like a turn-based RPG game, and it yeah. was front-paged. It got daily first, and it has an overall great score uh, of what, like a four point two two out of five. That's phenomenal. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, I, I just pulled it up right now. Like that's oh, it has okay, a four point two two out of five score front page daily first, and it was cool, man. Because like I said, you you you've basically created games that were, you know, all about shoot like just shoot them up games and then you have this turn-based rpg and it ended up having the same success as all the other ones like ultimately what made you want to you know create rag game and what made you want to take that turn of making a or testing your hand at a new style of game um so yeah uh making games i i'd like so at this time that i was making rag game i was like i need every game like that i make to be different from the last one because when i first started out i made nothing but platform and that's why I deleted all of them because they were all shitty platforms. Um, so I was like, I want to make something different. Like I have to make a different game each time. I can't repeat the same genre twice, at least back to back. Um, so during that time, like, yeah, so Witch Trials, although most of the first ones are actually platformers, Witch Trials was a run and gun. Gappy was just a one button shooter or a one button jump, like one button auto runner. Uh, this game called Ghost and Toast was a bullet hell game, like a, Galaga type game. Untamious Fantasy was a Zelda like game. Skullfuck was like an arcadey, like physics based game. Carrion Killer, which is a, a highlight of like getting into the Newgrounds community, was a beat em up style game. Gappy 2 was a just a sequel to Gappy, so I got that one. Seven was like <laughs> a speed platformer. And so, yeah, every, like you notice the difference that there's, even though there are a few platformers, because they're just easy and fun to make, um, I wanted to do a different genre of game each time so I could keep the ideas fresh. Yeah. And and Rat Game was also the first roguelike I made. And what's interesting is that I actually started working on STD right after Rat Game, after I got the like the feedback of like what makes a good ro- even though they're very different style roguelikes, I took the feedback of Rat Game and took it into consideration when making Shoot Trip Die. Um, so that was like kind of like my even though it was an RPG to start off with, it still had that roguelike element. I took that what I learned from making Rat Game and put it into Shoot Trip Die. Um, but yeah, the reason I made Rat Game was because I wanted to try different styles. And I want I, I, I like 
delving into new genres of games. I don't like re- repeating genres very frequently. You did a really good job of constructing the the RPG turn-based style for Rat Game. And I you know, it was even challenging at times because you had to, you know, insta you had to institute these different components of the game to make yourself stronger. You either had to choose to be stronger or regain your health or, you know, because if you didn't do it properly and you come to a new enemy, you're toast. So it was it, it yeah. was a cool little challenge. And, you know, I really enjoyed playing it. And of course, Newgrounds did too. I and that's that's one of the things, you know, that we can kind of circle back to is just finding new ways to you know, make yourself grow as a creator. So that's really cool that you did that with, with rag game of, you know, testing your hand at a new genre of games mm-hmm. and making it work. Yeah, of course. Um, it was also just, I, I also have wanted to make an RPG like game for a while and I never was able to like make the system work. Like it would always bug out. So I made something like really dumb, simple, like rag game is dumb, simple, like logic wise, like it seems complicated, but it is not. It's very basic. <laughs> that's why it works to some extent <laughs> what what would you say as of right now is you know aside from std like what is your most favorite game that you've worked on up to date seven 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 talk, talk a little Four bit more about seven for those who haven't played it because i'm gonna be honest with you i actually haven't played seven but um <laughs> you know talk talk about seven like what what is the premise of the game what made you want to come up with this game Seven, I made Seven the character up by doodling a little stick guy, and I made I like the emoji. I'll put it in the show live chat. I like this emoji uh, a lot. I think it's cool. Uh, it's just a little guy with a <laughs> smiley face shaped like a seven. So I just made a character off of that emoji, um, and that was it. <laughs> I just wanted to make like a. I originally wanted to make a collectathon, and then it kind of turned into like a speedrunner platformer, like an arcadey speedrunner platform, and. It was just a lot of fun to make, but I know everyone's been saying that like this episode is really deep, but this game also <laughs> has a sad backstory Aww. because um, this was, th- that's usually more of a gross backstory. I can't believe I'm going to say this <laughs> on the show, but um, I've talked about this before with a few people. Um, I worked on, STD was made in two weeks, two to three weeks tops. Um I, this was also at the pandemic when I was in college, so I was in my dorm a lot. Um, and I had a group, a small group of friends at the time that I made, and they were all girls. Um, and I was like, hey, like they didn't, like I was working, I, I didn't really work on any games while I was friends with them. I, it was like after, it was like in between uh, this game and Gappy 2, and I was kind of just like taking a small break, and I was like, hey, just so you guys know, I'm like, there's going to be a time in our, when, when we're friends, and I'm just going to like vanish for like a week and I'm going to work on a game. And they're like, okay, that's fine, haha. And like they didn't, they weren't ready. Um, and then I went, when I made seven, when I started working on seven, I didn't leave my dorm for two whole weeks. I think I showered maybe twice that whole time <laughs> I was working on seven. I barely ate. I barely drank water. I should have been dead. I should have died <laughs> while working on this game. But I was so like, that was this, like this part in my life really did inspire like what happens in STV about like addiction. Like this is where I go back to it. Like I think I might actually be an addict to like making games. Um, cause like these, like they, um, I would literally like sit over this level, like with, I would look over like levels, each of the levels. And I would just stare at the screen, like maybe five inches away from my computer screen. And I would just like meticulously look at every single tile and be like, is this exactly where it needs to be? I'm very proud of the game, the level design in seven. It's not perfect, 
but I put my fucking heart and soul into that and sweat and tears. But the 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 loss that I took from this, I lost a whole friend group. They literally thought I died, and they're like, "Do you hate us?" And I was like, "No, I'm just really busy. I'm sorry." And like they were like, "You like need to leave your room." Like they were genuinely concerned for me, and I was like, "I'm fine." And like there was a whole argument about like like how awful I was treating myself and them, and. You know, maybe a part, I think most of it was deserved on my end because, you know, I was treating people like shit at the time because I was just wanting to make this game. And I was so, like, like enca- encapsulated by it. And I don't want to ever do that again. But at the same time, I'm very proud of Seven because of how well it came out. But it's also like a, a cautionary tale of, like, don't do that. <laughs> when you're a game developer, you need to, like, when you're any artist, take care of yourself. Don't ever do what I did. I monkeys monkeys do don't monkeys say monkey do or however monkey that see monkey do <laughs> yeah don't don't say do what I do and not fuck I can't think of the saying but you know what I'm trying to say don't do what I don't do, I do should, as the monkey I, exactly that's what I've been saying but yeah that was that was a weird low in my life it's it's I, I have a love I love seven like I do but like that story does kind of like weigh in the back of my well, the the good thing is not only did you love it, Newgrounds loved it too because the voting crew yeah. determined it the underdog of the week. And of course, they gave you yeah. front page for it too. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. But I remember you talking about that during the, the panel and I totally missed, I don't know if you brought up the you know, the name of the game, Seven, but I remember you talking about that. I'm like, what the fuck, Levi? So, <laughs> I, I mean, it meant, like hearing more about it in detail and just how much it, you know, it meant to you, because at that time, you're like you, uh, during the pandemic, like you know, I I worked on a game for like a little, like, literally two weeks, and I didn't, you know, shower or eat or anything. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's fucking crazy. But no, <laughs> you're like, no, I did it because I I was very meticulous. I I wanted to make sure it was the best game it could possibly be because I loved it. And blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. So there's actually a reason for you almost killing yourself. So that's good. <laughs> Yeah, basically. But like I said, you can make a meticulously nice design game, but don't do that. Don't do what I did. I, I promise you it is not worth it. I literally lost a whole group of friends. They don't look at me the same. I, I, I literally, it's, it was a bad time. It was not good. I, I, I'm fine now, but looking back on it, the more, the more time goes on, the more I look back on it, it really was like not healthy. And I think most people with a functioning brain can see that. So I don't think I need to be, I don't think I even need to tell you to not do it. I think yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> if, if, yeah, if we're if we're gonna give any more advice about what not to do in your career, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do what I. Do. I'm an insane person. I will say though, you did almost lose an, an another entire group of friends when you were talking about potentially getting rid of your your game Omelo's Trek. Oh, <laughs> Omelo's Trek. So I I want that... I want to know. Because uh, like, you have your own server on Discord, and one day you mm-hmm. just dropped in the group chat saying, you know what, guys? I fucking hate Omelo's Trek. I'm deleting it. And everyone's like, <laughs> no, do. you son of a bitch, don't do it. So what? what's the reason, your reasoning for disliking Omelo's Trek, and you know why Why did you even contemplate deleting the game? Because it's still up on your, your Newgrounds page right now. So what, what made you potentially want to delete it? <laughs> I just... I. I'm not a huge fan of game jams. I just don't like them. They stress me out. I just don't like them. And I finished that game and I was like, I don't want this up. Like this game sucks. Like it's nothing. <laughs> and what made it worse is that, um, what's his name? The rubber ninja. What's his, I can't Ross. Oh yeah. Ross. Ross played, 
Ross played the uh, the Egg Jam games, and he played Omelo's Trek, and the entire time he just looked dazed. He was like, "What is this? Why is this?" And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, if Ross doesn't like it, then who the fuck's gonna like it? Like, I don't even like it." So I just took it down. And Migmog, he's in the chat right now. He's, he's in the server. He's listening. I know he's listening. This is why I brought um, it up. <laughs> yeah, he's in here. He knows. He was evil. He like he like started a whole like like rally of like we need to like protest Levi and make him bring back Omelo's track. I was one of those people. And I was like, just <laughs> So I just was like, fucking fine. Just like give me a week. I'll touch it up. I'll feel better about it. And that's what I did. It's fine. I don't hate it. I actually like Omelo. Like I like the Omelo character. But like the first initial release of it, I was like, this sucks, man. Why did I even make this? So bad. I, it's not it's definitely not my favorite game, but like it has charm. I, I can see why people didn't want to call it. <laughs> it I mean, I played it too. I, I thought it was really fun. Like, even though, you know, Ross had a daze in his eyes. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Cause, you know, the egg jam was very convoluted. Like it was so obscure of what you can do like this was one of the more uh-huh. unique games that you can do like i remember there was one where it was just i i i can't remember it may i don't remember who made it um yeah it was just a game where you had to click the red egg as as quickly as you possibly could like you had to find the red egg and click <laughs> and like okay well okay so at least with omelo's trek it was interesting and had a, a you know at least some elements that you know you could enjoy instead of just Okay, find the egg, click that, or uh, catching eggs falling from the sky because I know there's there's a game for that too. But I, I'm glad that you kept it up. <laughs> now, I, yeah, I, I do want to say you you have worked on a few games like we uh, with with other um, game devs on Newgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially you've worked with with uh, Pluff Mod Benny a few times. Um, yep. I think even with with Mosquito um, Man, Mosquito Man was Pusquito my Man. first collaboration. We, oh, really? We made a. We made Carrion Killer for the Halloween contest. Oh, okay. Uh, twenty twenty was it nineteen? What what? When did Dead Estate come out? When did Dead Estate was that twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? I, I want to say twenty twenty. I think it was twenty twenty. Yeah, I think it was twenty twenty. Yeah, because I was in my dorm. I remember being in my dorm, my freshman dorm, making Carrion Killer, and I remember I shot my the uh, trailer for Carrion Killer outside of like my college, like in the woods. <laughs> but yeah so the first that was like carrying killer was like the first game of mine that um kind of got me into the newgrounds community because before that i would just make games i i treated newgrounds like i like itchio like i just uploaded games there and i was just like people will look at it maybe um but then uh mosquito man reached out to me a bunch of times when i was working on my zelda like game uh Untamia's fantasy um and he was like can i do art for your game and i was like no i was just like leave me alone <laughs> And like he would just keep bothering me, like, can I please, like, can we please work together? And I was like, fine, we can work together. Because I did like his art, but I I like doing art in my games because I'm a psychopath. I like doing everything. <laughs> but I was like, fine, you can you can do art for this game. What do you want to make? And he was like, well, he this is actually interesting. Here's a cool thing. The first thing he wanted to do with me, he's he wanted to make uh he wanted to make a Pikanjo game with me. Me and him talked about Pikanjo like really early, like really early for that, like. This was like before Pikachu was as big as he is now, or like was talked about. This was like a nobody. I didn't even know who this what it was. It's like, what the fuck's He's like, oh, it's a Newgrounds character. So I had to like look. I was like, I've never seen this character in my life. And I was like, can we do something like original? Like I prefer to work on original works. And he was like, sure. And he was like, I have this idea for like this meat character. And I was like, okay. 
And he's like, I want to, he was like, I, I don't remember what his original idea was, but like we kind of spitball back and forth. And I was like, what if we made like a game about like this, like Jason guy that was made of meat and he had a scythe and like, it was like a side scroller. And then like, we kind of went back and forth and then we decided it was a beat em up. And then from there, I kind of, uh, so he designed the, um, the main carrion killer guy, like the main like meat monster carrion. Um, and then I designed the enemies and then he did the art for them. Uh, and then that was what got me like springed out into the uh, community because I joined servers through Prosciutto Man. And, you know, that's how I met most of my friends. From now, that's how I met most of the people I know now. I love that. And, and that's, you know, that's another reason why I love Newgrounds is it just connects you with people. And, you know, some of the bigger, you know, game de- game devs right now, of course, Stafford, you got to work with him on his game for mm-hmm. for Ninja Muffin. Yeah. <laughs> Is there? I, I met I met Stepford through a funny way too. I met Stepford through Twitter, kind of. Really? A little bit. Well, I met him through Gun Night, and uh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. I didn't message him. I met him through Gun Night, and I I messaged him on Twitter because I saw that he was making a sequel for that, and I was like, Step. I, I literally texted him. I was like, the first message I ever sent to Stepford, I was like, Stepford, I love you. I want to kiss you. Can I? Can I make art for your game? <laughs> and he was like, Uh, I already have someone else. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> I love oh. you. Goodbye. <laughs> so uh, I didn't know him. I literally did not know. It was like, I don't care if he says no, it's whatever. I was getting more ballsy at the time, but then uh, we, we became friends eventually. Um, I don't even know how. I think like I just kept pestering about like, can we make a game together? I was literally doing what Prosciutto Man did to me. And then he finally cracked like an egg. And then we, you know, we made, I think we, we worked on a few games. We worked on that Ninja Muffin game. That's funny. And then we became like good. We became good pals. That's funny, man. Like, would you say, like, who would you say is one game developer um, from Newgrounds that you would want to work with in the future? If, I mean, if you ever come back to game development, you know, who would be one Newgrounds game dev you'd want to work with? If you haven't. That I haven't worked yeah, with Yeah, that already. you haven't worked with already. I would like to work with Jack. Uh, me and Jack are pretty, like, not super close, but we're, we're close enough that I feel like we could work on something. Um, but Jack usually is kind of like how I am. He kind of he he kind of focuses on his own art aspects too. Um, I don't I don't really know truthfully. Truthfully, I don't really know a lot of game developers on Newgrounds. Oh no, wait, never mind. Hold on. On top of the fact that I want to work with Jack, I want to work with Tomb Dude really bad. Ooh yeah I, like, yeah. I that that dude is a godsend. I love that man. He makes the best fucking game. I, I I'm I will say this. I'm really I really hope that. Parallel Parallel Panic beats STD in any like in anything. I would rather <laughs> Parallel Panic. Win. I I truth I'm I'm 100 serious with that. Parallel Panic is like my favorite game on Newgrounds. Fucking love that game. That's really cool, man. I I and that's that's one of the other things. It, it's you know even though we do kind of go um like head to head with some of our fellow competitors, you know we also root for them at the same time. Like. Uh, I remember. Oh no, they're not competitors. We're, we're buddies. Yeah, exactly. Buddies, I mean, sometimes man. you want to beat the shit out of them because you want, you know, your project. No, <laughs> no. Tru- truthfully, truthfully, when it comes to this contest stuff, I I don't care. Like, I I would I want to see my buddies up there. Like, I remember like when when I would when I was first in the community and like especially around Jack and Stepford when they would get all this attention, I was like, man, like I've been around here for so much longer than them. Like, I feel like I deserve the attention, but I've kind of mellowed out a bit. And I'm like. I know where I stand, and like these people, these guys are popular right now. You know, they they came at a good time. They deserve it. They put a lot of work in what they do. They one hundred percent deserve where they're at right now. And I think being like that has kind of brought me up in the ranks a little bit because they kind of treat me like an equal, even though 
I should not, I feel like I shouldn't be treated like an equal with them. Um, but right now, especially with Pixel Day, I feel like we're all going to get a spot up there. I mean, I think Tom's really fucking, I mean, the community has really like come together to like put in more money for Pixel Day and really show that people care about us as game developers. Um, and I, I don't, I don't really care who gets first place. I don't care who gets eighth place. I don't care. I'm glad that I made a game and I'm glad that me and my homies made games and it was a fucking awesome day and it's going to, whoever wins, whoever gets them like the big kahuna of money, you know, they deserve it. Any, I think all these games, all the games that came out for pixel day that were made by my homies, they deserve them. Truthfully. I, I 100% mean that parallel panic probably more than others, but, and shoot trip die more than others. <laughs> you know. But that's either here nor there. I, I was, I was going to say like, there was so much, good content that came out of pixel day this year. Like, I, I don't know what it was, but even in comparison to last year, I felt like there was just more content this, this year than there was last. Mm-hmm. And it was solid content all around and games, animations and, and mm-hmm. art. It was like this nice little resurgence in pixel day. It like, you know, everyone says that, you know, Friday night Funkin' kind of brought this resurgence back to new grounds. But I also think, you know, with COVID-19, it allowed people to, Mm -hmm. it gave them the time to explore what they wanted to actually do in their careers and just encourage them to create something that they wanted to do. So you started seeing more, more submissions for, you know, the big days on, on Newgrounds. Like I remember the year prior, uh, or like the year that, um, Friday Night Funkin' was released, like the Pico Day that year, there was hardly anything. Like nobody submitted animation, mm-hmm. nobody submitted games or art. And then after, you know, Friday Night Funkin' released and week three came out and it was Pico, the following Pico Day, there was submissions out the asshole <laughs> for Pico Day. It was really cool. So like I feel it was kind of one of those same things. Like, like Madness Day was freaking huge this year too. I mean, like not to say mm-hmm. it, it never is, but there was more stuff attributed yeah. to it same thing with robot day yeah. and and even this like uh, this time around for pixel day like i felt there was just it was livelier there was more stuff going on and there was more submitted yeah. work and i love to see that yeah well there was a there was a lot of cool uh like there's a lot of new cool new devs that came out but a lot of it was spearheaded by like you know i don't want to pat myself on the back but people like me and like this whole new generation of like game developers I, I genuinely want, I know that Friday Night Funkin' brought a huge popularity, like you said, but, you know, people like me, a Toon Dude, Jack, uh, what's his name, Stepford, Fluffmod, all these developers who are coming out of the woodwork and, like, this new era of, like, HTML5 development and web development, more I should say, like, we are the spearheads of, like, a new generation of friends. I 100% believe that. I, I, like, back in, like, 2020, 20, 2019, I was like, maybe. It's a little optimistic to think, but I with like what happened with um, Pixel Day and what happened with you know what's going to happen in the future, I imagine I feel like Newgrounds will go through a new golden age of content. You know, it's going to be a lot different than it was back in the day. You know, obviously it's going to take a lot for it to be like considered a new golden age of Newgrounds. But I truthfully believe, and I'm here for it all the way. I know I said I'm going to take a game from game development, but I ain't going to take a break from Newgrounds. I love this community way too much. Um, I, I genuinely believe that Newgrounds is going through a new period of a golden age outside of what Friday Night Funkin' did for it too. Friday Night Funkin' did its work. It did a hell of a hell of a job. And I truthfully believe what I said, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that. It's just going to continue to grow and develop into 
you know, just a new, a new generation of creators and uh, of wanting to surpass the previous work that's just been uploaded over these last few years. Like I can tell people are, are wanting to put out their best content at all times and just grow with this community and this new renaissance of new ground. So I agree with you, man. I feel like we're in the golden age and it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And everyone's saying in the chat that I'm a psychopath. <laughs> I, I, uh, especially Fletcher. All right, Levi, settle down. No, I won't settle. <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm the. I, 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 I saved Newgrounds by myself. I'm serious. I'm one, STD is what re, is the rebirth of Newgrounds. I, I, I believe that truthfully. Uh, it, I stand by. And that. you know what? See, Levi has put on this front this entire show, yep. trying to make you seem like he's the nice guy. <laughs> like I told you, all of our conversations prior to this have been so raunchy and just immature like i'm surprised i'm seeing yep. the side and then now he's showing his true color see he is the crazy yep. guy that sh- you know, I, I fooled all of you <laughs> i fooled all of you it's all one big j it's all been it's all big what a one big j <laughs> i love it man i and and right now i i think we're at a, a good point to bring this this episode to a close levi i yeah. i'm so glad that you came on man because you know even though I literally just I've been waiting patiently, man. I've been waiting for years to be on this damn podcast, man. But, I've been here since the fucking beginning, man. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment. It, it was funny though, because like you you reached out to me, Corey, NGP, me, when? I'm like, I guess whenever you want, dude. I don't uh, care. I, I at the same time, like I wanted to be on the podcast. I felt so embarrassed for like asking. I was like, do I wait? Do I like wait for them to ask me? Like, or do I just grow a pair and just ask them? Because that's what I did with Tom to get the front page thing. Like, I was like, man, I feel like Tom should just like reward it to me. But I was like, nah, fuck that. I gotta go ask. I, I gotta go pursue what I want and like ask him. Like, yeah. Just because the worst you can say is no. Like, Tom's too nice of a guy to like be like, uh, no, it's stupid. Don't kill yourself. Uh, but you know, I just like, yeah, I'm just glad I'm asked. I'm glad to be on the show. It's been a long. I've been wanting to be on the show for a while. Uh, I've been here since like really early times. So it's good to be on, and I'm glad you had me. On. Absolutely, man. It. And it worked out perfectly because everything just coincided with one another. And you know what? It, it would have been a matter of time anyway before you know we brought you on, even if it came after the full release of of STD. You know, I'm pretty sure we mm-hmm. would have brought you on to talk about the game and, and your career as a game developer also. So, you know, I, I'm just glad everything coincided right now. And, you know, and I'm glad the game is having the success it is right now. And I really hope when the game fully releases, it gets the support that it's getting right now. And we're able to bring some funds together and donate it to a worthy cause like that. That's going to mean a yeah, lot when it fully releases. But before we officially take off, and like I said, like I said to you earlier, I always like to ask our guest one specific question. What is a bit of advice that you would give to any creator just starting out or they're in the beginning steps or or they've made those beginning steps and they're growing a little bit more or or even a veteran? You know, we all have information that we can pass on to somebody to help them grow a little bit more. What is that advice that you would give somebody? I'm going to kind of go off of um, what most people talk about. Uh, Even though that you said I should give advice to new starting people, I'm going to give advice that I feel like could be used on all of your life for someone who isn't an artist too. Um, 
no matter what you do, no matter where you are, how much money you make, who you are, you should put anything above everything. You should put being a good person and treating people equally and being nice to everybody and being nice to individuals above everything. If you can, you can make a million dollars, you can make $5 million, you can make $1 billion, but you need to treat people good or else in my eyes, you're not living a quality life. Like you can be the richest person. You can be the most attractive person, but you need to be a good person for anything. That's what my father always told me. That's what my father tells me every day, basically. And I live, by, I try to live by those as much as I can. Amen, man. Yeah. Like, like I said, I, like I said earlier to you, I was raised to respect people and, and just treat people, you know, with the same way that you'd want to be treated as well. You know, it's that golden rule, you know, do unto others mm -hmm. the way you want or whatever, however the fucking goes, you know, yeah. <laughs> the golden right. rule. Um, but yeah, it, that, that's some solid advice, you know, treat others with respect, be a good human being for the love yeah. of God. Just be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> Like, because exactly was like, especially with Newgrounds too. Like, Newgrounds is so community based that like, if you're an asshole, people are gonna know. So you might as well treat people like, like a friend. Like, treat everyone like a friend. Like, try to at least. I know there's gonna be assholes. I mean, I've been dealing with an asshole for the past two days. I mean, ask anyone in the STD development server; they know what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna bring his name up because he's insane. <laughs> oh, but um. I, you just need to be able to treat people nice and try and to just be a good person because being a good person is the most important aspect of your life. Any, any game I make, any, any art I make, any art anyone makes will be drowned out by one bad action or like bad actions that you do across your life. You, yeah. Mi'kmaq said it best. Be a good goober. Like you're <laughs> going to be remembered more for being a good person, being a nice person, being someone a memory for someone that they cherish over like any art you make. And you know, that kind of sounds like it might be like, may, that might be like a little untrue, but like it's true in like a, a grand scheme sense. Oh yeah. I mean, it's definitely true. I know the, the nicer that you are to people or, or just being a better person altogether, it's going to reflect on somebody more in the long run. I mean, like I, I remember back when I started, when I came back in 2019, just like talking to some people who I've been in contact with since then, like, dude, you have been a positive influence or you just been a positive person in my life. And I thank you for that. So like it shit, that means a great deal to me. Like knowing that yeah. I'm, I'm, I can be at least somewhat of a positive influence in somebody's yeah. life means more to me than actually being a good person in general. 100%. Yeah. Hell yeah. I had one of those experiences today. Someone told me in my development server that like they're really happy they were part of the SD development cycle and they felt like they were really part of it. It was the first time they felt like they'd been part of a community. And that, that means more than any nice review left on Newgrounds. Any any money I make, that'll always mean more to me than literally anything. I know that sounds cliche, but I'm, I try and be, I'm trying to be, that's like 90% genuine. Because of course I like money. I'm a greedy bastard. Of course I like having my my ego stroked. But like it's always it's always nice to be told that like I'm a positive and I'm like a positive influence in someone's life, and I'm glad to be that for somebody. I agree, man. And and I'm happy to know that's genuinely who you are. Like that's why I love our conversation tonight. I, I got to know more about you because sometimes when I do these shows and I bring people on, it's literally the first time I've had the chance to talk to them. You know voice to voice like i've talked to people via mm -hmm. via text numerous times but like with yeah. you 
uh, Joe Porter, Danny Goodshirt, uh, Brosa. And those were like the first, like the times I talked to them on the show were the very first times I've ever had the chance to talk to them voice to voice and get to pick their brain and find out who they are as individuals. And it's yeah. very like, I, I love the fact that there's more to you than the stinky exterior of, of Levi <laughs> My stinky exterior is definitely still part of it. Absolutely. I, I, lo- I love dirty humor. I, don't, I love toilet humor. I don't give a fuck. I love that shit. <laughs> but there, you know, uh, there's more to me. There's more than, there's more to everybody. There's always, if, if you're going to sh- like this, to wrap it all up with a nice, pretty STD covered bow, like Chester Bodine, there's always more to just what you see at the beginning. There's always more to something. Absolutely. That that's very well. Always put, take man. That in consideration. Don't judge a book by its cover, as always. True. 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 <laughs> true. Well, I very true. I I I, I do think that is a, a good spot to put the bow on top of the gift and put it under the under the Christmas tree. Yep. You know, Levi, Here. like I said, man, it's been a pleasure having you on the show tonight. It, it yeah, really, course, it really does mean a lot. Like getting to talk to you and, and more know about you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, before we, yeah. before we sign off, you know, go ahead and plug SCD where everybody can follow you and, and all that good stuff, dude. Yeah, of course. Here's the, uh, here's the link to the, just the game. That's it. That's all I'm going to, that's all I'm going to plug. You're just going to plug the game? Fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what, what else do you want me to plug? Your butt. <laughs> You fucking asshole. <laughs> I, get me off the show right now. I don't want to be here no more. Huh? all this is leading up to. All right, everyone. Thank you again, Levi, for coming on the show. And everyone, thank you for supporting the New Grounds podcast. We love and appreciate every single one of you. I, I would yes. shout out our Patreons right now, but uh, I, I don't have the list. I will add that to post he this episode. He doesn't care. He doesn't care that, about that too. But he doesn't care about the Patreon. <laughs> once again, everyone. Once again, everyone. Thank you so much for your support in our show and for supporting Levi and for me and Newgrounds in general. You guys are awesome. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Newgrounds podcast. This show is recorded live on our Discord server. Join us at bit.com. Hello, friends. It's Voices by Corey here. And if you made it this far into the episode, I apologize for torturing you for an hour and a half. I know my voice and Levi's voice is, you know, like nails on a chalkboard. So if your ears bled, sorry. But as I went through and edited this episode, I realized that our outro bit still has the old bit.ly link to our old NGP server. So we have to go through and update that to reflect the new server that we have. And in regards to the new NGP server... I want to take the time to say thank you guys for supporting us through this whole chaotic time. You guys know what happened a few weeks ago. We ended up losing the old NGP server because a dickhead wanted to fuck everything up. But you guys have come through and shown us great support by helping us get the new server up and running and getting it to where the old server was. So thank you so much for being by our side and showing how much you truly care about NGP and the community as a whole. You guys are awesome. We love you and see you.